Are goldfish more valuable than silverfish? If humans get sunburnt, do vampires get moonburnt? All of these questions you can find the answer to on this Paranormal Life! Hello, one and all, and <laughs> welcome to This Paranormal Life, the comedy paranormal podcast where every week, myself and the investigator across from me, Kit Greer, sit down and dive into a new paranormal case, tale, claim, beast, story, monster, ghost, and come to the conclusion as to whether or not it truly is paranormal. I've got a big one for us today, Kit, and I know that we've been doing this for four, five years. I really think this might be one of the biggest cases we've ever investigated. Uh, that is saying a lot, because every week we promise that this investigation is bigger than the last. It's almost as if, in a kind of Fox News style, that we, every week, ramp up the intensity and the fear in our audience to kind of keep them in a state of deep paranoia um, yeah. and fear of the world around them, but they have to keep tuning in to find out what to be scared of next. Exactly. You know, even if our episode is on the shrinky-dink people of Tinyville, <laughs> it is our biggest invent. I cannot even express the scale of this investigation. That's right. Uh, and that's right. This week is the shrinky-dink people, for sure. Yeah, so despite <laughs> the subject is actually, of course, tiny, but the, the investigation is huge. Large. Yeah, very large. It is a triple XL. Uh, but but no, it is true. And hey, we have the cred to back it up because uh, here in the show, we've broke a bit like um, BuzzFeed News or Teen Vogue. We've been on the front line of reporting some of the biggest headlines of the past few years. Um, yeah. Headlines that people all around the world will recognize. Who is the lizard man? We didn't answer that one, I don't think. Uh, yeah, we might not have. That might have been clickbait. Um, atmospheric monsters are real. Clickbait again. They're Massively. not. Massively. The point is, we have been at the bleeding edge of investigative journalism. And also on the bleeding edge of the paranormal world. While we're not on the front page of magazines, you know what is more important? To be on the front page of the FBI's Most Wanted. And that's where we are. And sure, some will say that it was a computer glitch that for some reason... Rory became more wanted than the head of Al-Qaeda. Sure. Uh, but the facts remain. He was, he had a bounty on his head it for was a, a short period of time. It was a long weekend. It really was. <laughs> if you're wondering why I've only just returned from another country. A lot of phone calls. Uh, but as I said, this case that we're investigating today is huge, uh, both in size and in paranormal activity. I think there's no more time for dilly-dallying. we got to get stuck into the case. Right after a few words from today's sponsors. And remember that you can get every episode of This Paranormal Life ad-free over on patreon.com forward slash thisparanormallife. Links in the description. All right, everyone, let's dive into today's investigation. Our story today takes place on Wednesday, the 20th of January, 1988. Now, because it's January, you might expect us to open on a snowy winter scene. But today we're visiting a little place in the Southern Hemisphere, where January is the height of summer. Oh, all right, slow down, Egghead. Uh, what do you mean? We're talking about a little place known as Australia. Oh, okay. Uh, not somewhere I've been. So, gotta be totally honest, I'm not sure I believe all this weather stuff, but I will go along with it for the sake of the podcast. I don't think it's a real country at all. I think it's made up. Uh, is Santa in summer? I don't think so. Eggnog? In July? I don't think so. 
We're specifically today in a place known as the Nullarbor Plain, a huge highway that connects Western Australia to Southern Australia. Australia is so goddamn large, this is like connecting the Shire to Mordor. That is a huge distance and a huge gap, I assume this is days of travel between these two points. Australia, unbelievably large country, it's actually its own continent. Um, I think I said in a previous episode of This Paranormal Life that Australia is 15,000 times bigger than the UK. <laughs> With a straight face. I just read it because it was on, on my script. Right, of course, yeah. not true. That, <laughs> that would probably make it about the size of Jupiter. Yeah. Um, but pretty big, nonetheless. <laughs> my beef with Australia, and I'm just coming out and saying it, uh, Rory, what, what, are, what, are the, what are Australia's big inventions? Inventions? I don't The boomerang, maybe? That's actually a pretty good one now you mention it. Yeah. Because I was going to say, all I can think of is flat whites and avocado toast. A country that size, you guys are going to have to step it up. You know, we're from Ireland, or we grew up in Ireland. Sure. Tiny place. But it invented depression, binge <laughs> drinking, amongst other things. Right. I think radio or something. We have a, a, a hit ratio that's pretty good for the size of our nation. I think Australia needs to step it up. Step it up a little bit. Throw some new inventions at us. I agree. I agree. Well, Kit, maybe... Self-hatred, another Irish invention. Maybe today you'll realize that uh, the people of Australia have some other things to worry about, okay. which is maybe taking up a lot of their inventing time. And it's not just having to find eggnog in July. It's kind of hard to really concentrate on inventing new methods of technology with a ray gun pushed to the back of your okay, That head. might just be a little bit of a spoiler about where <laughs> no, today Sorry, sorry I'm getting ahead of myself right, a little bit. because normally we pace our start of our story, but okay. Imagine, yeah, sorry, just maybe go easy no, go on them because I've got a lot to You might to as well say it because right. then we can always cut it. Like if, if you give too much of the case away, we can always okay. cut, it, cut it out. I just, I don't want to give too much of the case away, yeah. but imagine coming down and cooking mm -hmm. breakfast in the morning yep. and uh, the egg on your plate was alive. That's something we don't have All to right. deal with every day. Again, I don't want to give away too much so of the case. we're talking about aliens or something? Is that the I'm idea? I'm talking about eggs, brother. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, now, because of its length and emptiness, this place has always been regarded as strange and eerie to those who have crossed it. But this evening in 1988, it was also home of one of Australia's most bizarre and terrifying paranormal encounters. It was 2.45 in the morning, and the sky was dark, as the sun was busy on the other side of the planet, doing a shit job trying to warm up Europe. Mrs. Faye Knowles was driving along the desert highway with her three sons. The family were moving to their new home in South Australia, a trip that would take several days, but Mrs. Knowles had just purchased a new car and the family were excited for a fresh start in a new town. But that fresh start would be stranger than any of them could have ever imagined. While driving, Faye's son Sean noticed something strange behind them. It looked like a light glowing in the distance, but higher than ground level. That was particularly strange because this place was flat. There were no hills for miles around. Whatever this thing was, it wasn't on the road. Uh, I'm going to warn everyone really quickly to brace themselves. <laughs> Because, like many of our, I don't cases know if we before, need to because you've done a lot of foreshadowing, more than necessary. Arguably, the egg was it the egg shit that the, I said? We know there's a sentient egg coming. I didn't. No one said there was a sentient egg. I said, "What if your breakfast was alive?" That's what I said. It could be a waffle that pops out of a bush. Okay, we don't know what this thing is. 
but it's not a waffle, it's not bacon, and there is something that came out of a chicken. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so consider us prepared, all right, braced. Just trust me, brother, you ain't braced for this. Your mind is about to be scrambled. I won't say by what, but your whole life's about to be flipped sunny side up. If you I feel like drift. you took me talking about Australian breakfast and now you can't stop thinking about it. This is all relative to the case. You just gotta trust me, brother. Sean called out. Are you guys seeing this? There's something behind us on the road. The whole family peered out the window to see what looked like a large glowing egg inside of an egg cup. There it is. Inside of an egg cup? I didn't mention the egg cup. Oh my fucking God. What am I doing with my life? Whatever this thing was, it was drawing closer with every second. What do you mean, whatever it was? <laughs> it's an egg in an egg cup. <laughs> no, 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 that's what it it's looks breakfast. like. breakfast. <laughs> that's what it is. That's what it looks Brunch like. Brunch at the most. We don't know what it is. It has taken the form of an egg, maybe to blend in with the human world. Bad job. Bad job, then. <laughs> If you're if if your if your goal was to blend in with quote unquote the human world, and you became a giant floating <laughs> sentient breakfast, yeah, you just know uh, the alien piloting this craft. When he came back, he was like, "Hey, don't worry, guys. I, uh, you know, I went down to Earth to just check it all out. But uh, don't worry, I disguised the ship using the uh, the visual modifier, so it's all good." And they're like, "Oh, cool. What did you what did you go for? Big egg. I went for a big egg." They're like. What are you doing? You're supposed to go for, turn it into a plane. They love eggs. Turn it into a helicopter. They love eggs. I've been studying them for a while now. They're egg obsessed, honestly. It just about seems like the, the least surprising thing they could see. Chris went down last week. He turned it his into, he turned his craft into a bumblebee. Are you, tell me it was a small egg. Tell me it was a tiny egg at least. Yeah. Like a quail yeah, egg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like six to 18 foot. <laughs> How big are they down there? I don't know. <laughs> Whether or not this was a disguise, or whether or not this was the shape of an object, it looked like a giant egg. Sean was so stunned that he barely even noticed the oncoming vehicles on the other side of the road. Sean swerved out of the way and back into the left lane, just in time to let a giant truck roar past. He glanced backward once again to see if this giant flying egg cup had gotten closer, but the object had stopped dead in its tracks. Then, suddenly, it changed course and took after the car and truck that had just passed them in the other direction. What? I don't believe it. The bloody things just changed direction. Sean should have kept his mouth shut because immediately the egg changed its mind once again. When the family glanced in the rearview mirror, this thing was heading right for them at lightning speeds. Sean floored it, but this craft was traveling at such a speed they couldn't escape it. Soon, it was hovering right above their car, matching the speed. Good God, man. The family didn't know what to do. Should they pull over, drive off the road, and try and lose it? Before they could make their choice, it was made for them. <laughs> they heard a metal thud above them, and the car began to swerve and shake. It felt as if the object was right on top of them. And unless you're a plate with bacon, brother, there shouldn't be a giant egg on you. Time out. <laughs> okay. Time out. That's fair. For the first time in 300 episodes of this part of my life, I demand a time out. That's, yeah, we're moving fast. I, I demand a half time. I demand the a, gentleman will acknowledge the time out. I demand a courtside uh, debrief conversation about what we're getting. About okay. how we got here mm -hmm. and where we're going. 
Yeah. All right. I just want to say, though, because we do have a lot to get through, we're going to limit the time out to, let's say, three questions, and then we got to get back on the road. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Question the first. Sure. And short, too. Like, real short. Like, maybe if you can help it, maybe one word, just so we can keep this thing moving, because there's so much to get through. Why do you hate me? <laughs> going to shorten that to why, because we just got to keep this brief. So why? Um... Because we needed a story for this week's episode. So question number two. Again, one word if you can. Do you Egg? <laughs> question mark. Do you think <laughs> this is good? Look, you laugh now, but this is a real paranormal story that has some real consequences, okay? I think we'll decide at the end whether it's real or not. To check and see if this object was still on the car, Faye bravely rolled down the passenger window and grabbed onto the roof. It felt rubbery, spongy, and alarmingly warm. When she brought her hand back inside, it was hot and covered in black charcoal. And that wasn't all. The family were trying to talk to each other, but they said that their voices were strange and distorted. It was as if they were talking in slow motion. What? When they rolled down the windows, a billow of thick, dark smoke began to pour in the now open windows. Their ears were filled with a piercing noise. And just when they thought things couldn't get worse, the wheels of the car began to lift from the ground. The car started shaking even more violently until this f***ing egg dropped them back down to earth. Insurance is not going to cover this. I don't care who you're with. AXA, Direct Line, yeah. Hastings. There's not a box Everyone's that says gonna hang up. egg. They're going to hang up when you tell them this. I feel like no one explained abduction properly to this alien. Like, they told him the first part about picking humans off the earth, but no one told him about wiping the memories and gently placing them back in their homes or vehicles. He's like, he gets back to his home planet and he's like, yeah, man, I was just down to earth. I uh, abducted a couple humans, actually. It was, it was pretty crazy. And they're like, oh, nice. Where Sick. did you, where'd you set them back down? Uh, set, set them back down. Kind of just same spot. Kind of just same spot. It's like, oh, nice. Did you use the... Because we got a ray now that kind of does it all. Wipes their memories, places them back, shifts their clocks so that, uh, you know, the time has moved forward so they don't actually notice anything. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I use that. Yeah, I use that one. It's like, oh, I didn't think your, I didn't think your ship was actually equipped with that one. Did you, did you get that upgrade recently? Yeah, I got... I'm, I'm driving the egg. I don't know if they have... You know that one, yeah. the, the egg no, model? No, the egg doesn't have that. The egg doesn't have that one <laughs> I yet. modified it. It's right. uh the it's the V two, yeah. It's uh, it's the it's the dozen the dozen model the dozen <laughs> egg. It's it ha it does have it it does have it and it actually kind of it doesn't it doesn't have it. it. Do <laughs> it's got this new ray where you kind of um drop them so hard it knocks them all out on impact. So it's kind of a version of it. I kind of have my own version where it's like uh. You know, instead of wiping their memories and placing them back in the same location, uh, a lot of them die. A lot of them die on impact. So it's kind of a, a quick catch-all to make sure they don't tell anyone, they don't remember anything, and I'm in the clear. No one finds out about the egg. <laughs> and they're like, all right. And you, and you check the pulses to make sure that they were dead when you dropped them. All right, give me the ray gun. I'm going back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The yeah. egg just shoots yeah, off back yeah. to earth. Yeah, for sure. That being said, uh, I got to go. I got to go do a thing real quick. Um, I seem to remember this is... That's a great idea for a movie. 
an alien who abducts a family and then goes back to brag about it and then didn't realize he was supposed to kill them when he dropped them off. So the movie is him coming back to Earth and like hunting them down. I think this is uh, more or less the plot to Lilo and Stitch. Um, really? An alien being gets set loose on Earth and then the aliens are like stressing the F out uh, because they have to go down to Earth and somehow capture him while also remaining undetected. So I seem to remember there's a lot of aliens wearing like detective hats and holding a newspaper in front of their face right. trying to track down Stitch. That's a lot of effort being put into not being seen by humans. Because guess what, bud? Y'all been detected. One of you is running around now and he looks like a f***ed up little hedgehog. Yeah, from last I checked, he was he was surfing. <laughs> Six foot Hawaiians with a little girl. <laughs> right. So I think it's a bit late for all that. You might, at this point, you should just nuke Hawaii. Oh, and yeah. Get it over with. Just turn up with a ray gun and let blast. The consequences are already there. The worst case scenario has happened. So, as we said, the egg dropped the car back down to Earth. The family crashed onto the road. Without saying a word, every single one of them threw open their doors and scattered into the wilderness. Even though the family had scattered into the wilderness, the strange object stayed over by the car. The family claimed that they could see a beam of bright light shining directly down onto it. Eventually, the light faded as the egg flew off into the horizon. But the family still didn't dare move. It felt like an hour before they had the courage to return to the car. Luckily, despite some scratches and bruises, the family were mostly unhurt. Unfortunately, the same couldn't be said for the car. This thing had been dropped so hard, the front tire had exploded, and it had been tossed so far, it was now on the other side of the road. Goddamn. It took all of them working together just to get the thing back up and running again. And though they did make it to their new home, the events of this night were something that none of them could leave behind. Pretty crazy start to our story today, Kit, huh? I am going to kill you if you don't show me physical evidence in the next. There's a time for minutes. all of this. There's a time for all of this. <laughs> You're out of time. You're on borrowed time. You come to this podcast with a story as insane as this. Look, me describing it as an egg has made this sound a lot more ridiculous than it actually is. We've dealt with abductions in the past before. Uh, and one cool thing that they mention is that they noticed a bright beam of light shining directly down onto the egg. Sure. Could this little egg cup be essentially the claw at the end of the machine that drops down and picks shit up on Earth? I guess. I, it's like an, a plushie. It's not even the egg I have that much of a problem with. It's the physical intensity of this uh, abduction. It's totally uh, over the top compared to um, other UFO cases we've covered. I'm not saying it's not true or it's not real, but you have to know this is this is a wild, wild story. You once hosted a story on this podcast where balls made of goo abducted a man's jeans. They ripped the trousers off his body. So I think maybe we shouldn't be throwing stones in glass houses, okay? Because I was pretty patient for that story. I'm, I'm sure I was. Uh, it is true. And that man turned up uh, in front of other witnesses with shredded jeans, shredded Levi's. So um, I, I'm, I'm really hoping that some other people saw what happened to this goddamn truck. 
Well, luckily the family did the right thing. The next morning, Faye made up her mind. She had to tell the police about what happened that night. I mean, this egg could have killed her sons. She had to warn people. So she filed a report at the police station, including the details of the other vehicles at the scene. I mean, the egg followed them for a short while too. Maybe they had seen something. Unfortunately, the officers didn't really seem to care or believe what Faye was saying. I mean, sure, it's a little bit wild. I'm not a police officer myself, but if someone, if someone came in complaining they'd be, been abducted by aliens, that's one thing. When you take it a step further and start mentioning eggs, I'm, I am losing interest. Like kids right now in this podcast. Glad you're admitting it. Uh, I mean, is an egg the weirdest piece of food that could abduct you? <laughs> a pineapple? A giant pineapple? What about a giant shrimp? They kind of look like aliens nah, anyway. they kind of look like aliens, so that feels believable, if anything. I'd only be worried about the shrimp because I've eaten a lot of shrimp in my life. So if one of them is taking me back to some kind of shrimp planet, it's to put me on trial. <laughs> For crimes against shrimp humanity. <laughs> Even though they didn't really believe it, the officers accepted the report and promised to give her a call once they had investigated. Faye assumed that they would toss it in the bin immediately after she left the station. So she decided to take matters into her own hands. If the police wouldn't listen, maybe the press would. So she phoned up the Canberra Times and recounted her story. The reporter listened with interest, and it must have been a slow news week, because the very next day, a little piece appeared on page seven, and that was only the start. After that, even more articles appeared, in even bigger newspapers, as it spread and spread. Kit, I have some photocopies and pictures of articles from newspapers detailing the attack that night. Oh, hell yeah. Take a look at this. <laughs> and take it seriously, too. I don't appreciate the giggles. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the paper, all right. <laughs> it is in the paper. Do you see the illustration? I just... I'm not saying they didn't take it seriously, but they have included, along with the... Because they didn't have photographs, obviously, so along with the headline, UFO Attacks Family... They have a kind of far side style cartoon illustrating an egg landing on a car and all the kids with shocked YouTube thumbnail style faces. Um, it looks like Mr. Beast is driving the car. <laughs> also, the byline of the piece is alien craft sucks car off road. Is there something funny about that? Uh, there is also uh, another news. A craft sucking someone off? Does that make you giggle? You little freak. There's also another clipping from another newspaper or another page uh, with different the headline. Different newspaper. a different newspaper. UFO sucks family car from road. <sighs> Give me that back. All right. Oh, I'm Kit. I want evidence. Okay, here's the evidence. Oh, the evidence is too funny because <laughs> right, it talks me, about sucking get, families get, get, off. Give me, give me it back. I haven't right, read Jesus the whole thing. Christ. <laughs> threw his iPad across the table. <laughs> Look, what's so funny about a UFO craft that looks like an enormous nipple Coming down and sucking a family dry. It didn't. It didn't suck a family dry. Something well, that makes you laugh about people getting blown roadside. They were. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen. That didn't happen. They were blown off of the roads. That literally happened. Well, reading the actual content of the of the thing, uh, it's exactly what as Rory described. This was really posted in a newspaper at the time. Yeah, and I mean. There is an object on top of the car in the illustration. 
Kit, what does it look like? I, I, the object on top of the car. Let me see. What it again. does it look like? A, a butt plug, to be honest. <laughs> okay. Whoa. No need to get crass on the podcast. <laughs> All right. Say, coming from you. It 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 really does actually look a little bit. Uh, but you're not wrong. I guess if you now that you've said egg in an egg cup. Yeah. Let's sure. stick with that one. I think. Let's try and sure. keep it PG. I don't want to have to put the title some sort of alien butt plug. <laughs> With the story now out in the world, Faye did her best to put the incident behind them. I mean, she'd done all she could do. But before she knew it, the phone rang. And imagine her surprise when it was a police officer on the line. Mrs. Knowles, you've got to come down to the station if you don't mind. Other witnesses have come forward about your claims. You mean the truck driver and the car that passed us on the road? Yeah, but believe it or not, even more than that. Faye rushed downtown and eagerly entered the station that was now filled with officers hustling and bustling, taking her claims a lot more seriously. She answered question after question and even sketched out the object for the detectives. It turns out, Kit, that multiple witnesses had seen the same thing that night even people 50 miles away. Listen, you get a butt plug that big in the night sky, <laughs> okay. you're going to have witnesses, all right? Uh, this has got to be so vindicating for this woman to come back into the police station because I assume the first time she reported it, they were all kind of round the desk while she was talking and were probably like, oh, that's terrible. And uh, tell me, was the, uh, was the egg uh, scrambled or fried? And they're all like... <laughs> snickering and stuff just like oh yeah we'll let you know if we see any giant flying eggs out there yeah <laughs> cracking excuse up. me i don't think you're taking this very seriously oh no we are mem we are mem we're gonna get right on it because i'm hungry because <laughs> i'm hungry and all <laughs> yeah and they're all like cackling cackling she leaves and uh and then another officer comes into the station and he's like we got a report of a family of five killed by an egg and they're like oh <laughs> <laughs> All right, call her back. Call her. Maybe she's still in the car park. <laughs> but no, th this is entirely, entirely believable. And something that we see in many cases across this paranormal life history and investigations is that something this size, you know, if it's if it's f***ed up and it's shown itself to a set of humans and let them get away without getting neuralized, um, the chances are that they weren't alone. Even as desolate as the Australian outback could be, yeah, um, there's bound to be someone, someone who saw this thing flying about. Absolutely. I mean, this thing already seems like it's not trying to put any effort into disguising itself or going undetected. It turned into a giant f***ing egg. Unless it literally thought that was something humans would find non-intimidating. I mean, maybe that's the level it is. Maybe they were like, all right, we don't want to frighten the humans. Uh, we must disguise ourselves as something that they like. Danny DeVito. <laughs> And it's like a giant floating Danny DeVito just hovering over downtown New York, <laughs> abducting people into his mouth. <laughs> must, must assume, beloved human object, 90s rom-com DVD, you've got mail. <laughs> it's yeah. like so specific. Uh, whatever it was, they seem to have done a terrible job because a lot of people are coming forward right now. But as I said... More and more witnesses spotted this craft over 50 miles away. One of them was a tuna boat out fishing late that night around 3 a.m. And they had claims 
that were just as crazy as the original witnesses. To find out what they are, stay tuned after a quick word from today's sponsors. Hmm. This podcast is brought to you by eHarmony, the dating app to find someone you can be yourself with. Why doesn't eHarmony allow copy and paste in first messages? Because you are unique and your conversations should reflect that. eHarmony wants you to find someone who will get you. How are you going to know who gets you? If people sing you the same generic conversation starters, they message everyone else. Conversations that actually help you get to know each other. Imagine that. Get who gets you on eHarmony. Sign up today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Kit, this year has gone by so quickly. What's something that you're proud of in 2024 Ooh. so far? Go. Mm, okay. Uh, well, I managed to capture a deadly cryptid and lock it in my basement. Okay. And tell me, did mm. you take time to celebrate that win? Ah, oh, yeah, not really. Uh, I'm scared if I let my guard down, it'll escape. In life, it's important that we slow down, acknowledge our progress, and set goals that inspire us. I can't even sleep at night. I'm so scared this thing is going to break out. When it comes to finding time for ourselves and our goals, BetterHelp can be a great way to set boundaries and become the best version of yourself. You can get matched with a licensed therapist that suits your needs. It's online, convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. It's time to take a moment and celebrate your wins. What if the win you're celebrating is so big, no basement can hold it? Okay, you might need to move house. But for everyone else, there is BetterHelp. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Paranormal Life today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Paranormal Life. All right, as we said, there were witnesses 50 miles away from the original sighting. This one in particular came from a fishing boat out that night that said that they spotted a flying object overhead, illuminating the night sky as it approached. As this object got closer to the vessel, they said the deck of the boat suddenly hummed with intense vibration. Now here's where the story gets really crazy. The fishermen who reported the encounter also claimed that when they tried to speak, their voices were slow and distorted. That's right. Just like the Knowles had claimed in their story. But this police report came in before the Knowles had even told anyone about their encounter. Wow. In fact, the time that the fishermen claimed this all took place was 30 minutes before the Knowles' sighting. This is extremely unusual. And I mean, I just mentioned that this craft was pretty damn different to ones we've seen in the past. Even this thing alone, this one kind of interesting phenomena, I've never heard of before. Really strange. Voices slowing down. I mean, in the case where we investigated the aerial phenomenon, uh, we had, I mean, that was a lot of strange descriptions of aliens and UFOs. Creatures moving like water and smoke. Yeah. They're, in, they're everywhere and nowhere at once. And running in slow motion was one of the most reported things. Yeah. So I guess this is 
not entirely different, but it's strange enough that this appears in the story twice in two completely different locations where the individuals have no contact with each other, taking place only 30 minutes apart. So even though this sounds kind of crazy, maybe it's not that crazy after all. Along with all of these fishermen, the truck driver also made a report after seeing the piece in the paper. With more and more witnesses pouring in, the police were now taking this thing extremely seriously. So obviously, the first thing to do was examine the car. And it wasn't in great shape. It had a busted tire, a dented roof, a bent frame, and most unfortunately, there really wasn't much evidence to be taken from the vehicle. Despite coming up empty-handed, the story continued to spread across the globe. Other bigger newspapers started to print the story, and that kicked off a whole bunch of media attention. In fact, the family even went on TV to talk about the event. I managed to actually track down the clip, but before I play it, I just want to warn you, they're not exactly uh, media trained, the family. What does that mean? Uh, you know, you and I, we've been uh, hosting podcasts and videos for a very long time. We have a way of speaking, getting okay. important information across. These are four individuals who have never seen a camera before. Right. Well, no judgment here. Far be it from the, from the host of this paranormal life to judge uh, someone who's so brave as to speak out. And, and tell their story. Um, and I would never betray that trust. Well, to the Knowles family in Adelaide, thanks for joining us. And 36 hours now after the event, do any of you have any doubts as to... Jesus, that was fast. What yeah, really fast. Do you still believe that it was a UFO that landed on your car? Yes, we do. Why do you believe that? Because we actually saw it, you know, it was chasing us. And it, all of a sudden it landed on our car, pulled our car back. And I put my hand out the window and I, I fell on the roof. What did, Just, you, what did you feel? It was like a um, sponge on the roof. It was sucking the roof, you know, the car. It was a sponge. I saw it. How big was it? What did it look it was like? About, I don't really know. I can't really explain. Yeah, no shit, Faye. <laughs> Sorry, I said I was going to withhold judgment. No, not really, it was a... Uh, I was can like, explain it. Uh, <laughs> it was sort of... It was shaped like this. Hang on, it was shaped like this, had like a little circle in the center, and that was like a yellow sort of color. And it had on the outsides. <laughs> Someone get this motherfucker like a glass that. of water. He's dying up like there. That. And in the center, it was like that. How, how high off the ground was it? It was, it was on the ground. I mean, it was on the ground. It was on the ground. So it was moving along with you? Yeah, it was pulling us. Sean you, Sean, you were driving. How fast did you get up to? I got up to about 200 kilometres. That's very fast. Have you driven that fast before? Uh, no, I haven't. And the car is capable <laughs> of doing 200 kilometres an hour? Yeah. It's 120 miles an hour. Which Holy shit! Is, is a fair question when he's like, is your car capable of doing that? Yeah. Back in 1988? Oh my God. Not a lot of cars could. How long was it with you, this object? About five or ten minutes, we think. Jesus, I didn't know that. Yes, yeah, it was. It was a sound. It sounded like a humming sound. It sounded like boom, boom, boom. And, and uh, when it was on the roof, I went down my window, and that's when our voices started to change. All of us, our voices just went really deep and strange. And we found like we felt like we were dying. We got out the car, hid out in the bushes, wait for about 10, 15 minutes. 
went over back to the car, took this, took the wheel off, chucked that in the boot, got the spare wheel out, put that on, and we just let down Jack. We didn't worry about Jack. We just chucked the Jack in the bushes, and we just shut off. And then it started to follow us again. And it started to come day by then. It was starting to get daylight, and it just seemed to lose us for some reason. We turned the headlights off, and that's when it lost us. I didn't uh, realize that they pulled the car over, replaced the wheel, and the whole time the egg was just chilling <laughs> across the street, being like, "No, you guys take your time. You take, he's got like a give you a head start." Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why did they say it was just a light? They said it was picked up by a light. Because it was kind of a glow. I mean, you can hear from the des- description, and it's kind of a glowing Don't light. Don't you with try a and backtrack? Don't inside. you try? But you said it was an egg cup. You said it was an egg and an egg cup, and now you're telling me it was a light. I think he, you need to get your story said, straight. Did you see the pictures? This thing was an egg. <laughs> well, you tell that to the news then. <laughs> I mean, we can laugh all day, Kit, but watching that video, doesn't it just make this case so much more believable, actually seeing the people who witnessed this event? <laughs> Does it? They did such a poor job of explaining what happened. Because they're because tr- of an egg just picked them up off the roads like a falcon. They kept just smacking their lips anytime they could ask a question. Well, bro, if you were physically assaulted by a slice of bacon, then you then let's see how well you talk after it. If a piece of French toast comes up and kicks you in the nuts, let's see how well you could string a sentence together afterwards. I mean, I think it's nice that they uh, did talk about it and that they did uh, go on news and try and spread the word, but no, I think the most uh, important bit or the most convincing bit is that other people saw it and probably the physical damage to the car itself. I assume this family before the event were incredibly well spoken. <laughs> right. Incredibly, they could have they given were a detailed Charles description Dickens level. Yeah. Uh, now, Kit, I don't want to lead you down any path today when it comes to conclusions, uh, but it is important to note that the police in this story, they gave it a double yes. What does that mean? Because the witnesses were completely unrelated and there was no way to coordinate the other drivers and fishermen, they did officially dismiss the idea of this being a hoax. Mm. They even went as far as to contact the Air Force to see if they had been flying any kind of experimental craft that night. To which they said, no, and even if we did, we didn't have anything that looked like a giant egg. Yeah. Now, me and researcher Amy have looked into it, and South Australia does have quite the rap sheet when it comes to UFOs. For example, in 1947, a flying saucer was seen over Port Augusta. Five metallic objects were seen by railroad workers in the same town later that year. And none of them could be explained by the government astronomer, which was a real thing. What do you mean? That was a real position. Government astronomer. Oh, I see. Local space king. Yeah, just guy who looks up. Um, Rory, you don't need to tell me. Um, I hosted a case looking into Pine Gap, Australia's Area 51, only a few weeks ago. And we had some pretty hard-hitting witness statements about things that have been seen out in the desert. Granted, not South Australia. This is dead set in the middle of the country. But um, clearly, Australia is uh, home to all manner of crazy sightings. Is it so mad to think a couple of eggs could have come out of that facility? Yeah, quite mad, to be fair. I don't know. I think in the world of aliens and uh, the far far corners of the universe, an egg is probably one of the tamer things you could see. I mean, I think this is 
part of what makes this story quite interesting is there is quite a leap from cases in which we've we're coming down with cases of people seeing various forms of UFOs or lights in the sky, but what we have less of is what we talked about. Aliens ripping off men's trousers. Yeah. Eggs sucking cars into the air. <laughs> um, th- sure. That crosses a line, and it that's interesting if it crosses a line, if we have a destroyed Ford Telstar, because when you see lights in the sky, that can always be explained by weather balloons. Chinese spy balloons, yeah, uh, experimental government technologies from countries who are keeping that shit secret and tied up. So truly the Australian government, the authorities don't know what they're looking at. But crossing the line into attacking people, into trying to abduct them, this is geopolitical suicide literally for most countries on earth. Even the greatest military empire the world has ever known, America, would at least think twice before trying to abduct a man's trousers uh, right. in another country. Well, I, I'm not naive enough to think that they don't do bad shit to, to people in random places, but they are not willingly going out of their way to expose technologies like this every day of the week. Yeah, well, I think this is why cases like this are great, because even if you could explain the technology or the phenomenon, you can't really explain the motive. I mean, even if the American government was able to convince you that, in your case, a giant ball made of goo that was traveling through the forest was created by the Chinese or the Russians. Why did it abduct a man's trousers? <laughs> Why do foreign governments want a pair of Levi's? That doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. Even with the egg, if they were like, oh, that was an experimental craft, possibly from another government. Why did it pick up a car filled with four family members and then just drop them on the side of the road? It doesn't really make any sense. The motive isn't there. This is all very strange. Um, And just to briefly come back to that earlier, I mean, that's not even getting into this strange phenomena of supposedly the witnesses speaking in slow motion or hearing in slow motion. Yeah. What's going on there? Is that some kind of radioactive discombobulation that their brains were getting microwaved? Or was it really affecting the the space and time around them? Who knows? I mean, that's a big thing in UFO cases, space and time getting warped, where people are like driving down the road, they blink. Yeah. There's, they're covered in goo or some sort of slime. They're uh, two hours away from where they're supposed to be. Yeah. They were driving in the wrong direction. They're like, what the hell happened there? And presumably those people were taken on board a craft. Maybe just this thing whizzing by distorts time in a way where you can't perceive it properly and people's voices are getting warped. It's very strange. Also, annoyingly, quite a hard one to get some evidence of. Yes, it's purely experiential. Exactly. Um, A little disappointing that I don't know if they even searched the car with a Geiger counter or anything that could detect radioactivity. But that thing was so beat to shit, they kind of just wrote it off immediately. And I mean, if you think this story is nuts, this isn't even one of the wildest stories from this part of Australia. I mean, there's another story from 1973 where four people traveling in three different cars past the Kimba community on the highway reported seeing a glowing orange rectangle in a clearing in the woods. It looked like a door made of brightly lit lava. Jesus. And in the middle of it all was a strange figure standing in front of it, silhouetted against the portal. That's right, portal. (laughs) So maybe an egg is actually the best of a bad situation. Uh, Waiter, 
I'll take the egg. <laughs> now I think <laughs> about, about it. How about that? Now I think about it. It was yeah. silhouetted a bit like in <laughs> Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind, uh, almost gesturing me up onto the craft. Um, that's mad. There's that's weirder mental. stuff out there. We've heard it before. Uh, you know, I did maybe a disservice by describing this thing as a giant egg. Even the family themselves talk about it being an orb-like ball of light that hovered above their car with another light from above essentially tracking it. Um, this thing was a UFO that gave them a very close encounter. There's a lot that I love about this case and the actual description of the craft, the visual on the craft is actually one of the things I wish we had a bit more on, um, you know, because for example, yeah. in modern uh, UFO, UAP sightings disclosed by the American government and other governments, we're seeing because we have the benefit of modern technology, cameras, things like that, we're getting to see evidence of, let's say, things like uh, the craft moving in manners that are unknown. Yeah, It's able to change speed, stop instantly, change direction, do a f***ing loop-the-loop. They're, they're moving in ways that is basically impossible for any kind of known-to-science craft we have uh, availability of. Kind of what the egg did as well. It just stopped in midair and then chased some other guys for a little while and then came straight back. To be fair, it, it did it did do that. So we do have some description at least of its movement, if not a, a super clear visual of its shape and, and size. Yeah, I'm going to just really quick last ditch effort, see if I can uh, find any more pictures or illustrations of this thing. Because even though they said... Uh, the mom did one for the detectives. I don't think that was the one that she drew, that was in the newspaper, because that one was yeah, pretty. Yeah, that dramatized. was done by the guy who invented Dennis the Menace. That was an that was a Beano comic. I mean, I'm looking at other pictures here. What do you want, dude? It's a fucking egg. It looks like an egg. There's the toast. <laughs> there's the there's the avocado. That's it. <laughs> Maybe uh, there's a reason why Amy only put one picture in the script. I don't know, man. This is, I feel like I'm being trolled by the aliens at this point. They're like, let's do the most believable shit and then we'll, we'll transform into a butt plug. They won't know what to say. They won't know what to fucking say. Okay, Kit, even though I've taken you on a bit of a wild ride today, we do still need to come down on our conclusions uh, as to whether or not we believe something paranormal happened this night. Uh, I gotta say, I'm pretty on the fence with this one. There's lots of elements uh, of a very convincing UFO case. Um, and God knows, on this show, we love a good UFO case. And we are prone to give those double yeses. They can be so believable. And yet, at the we same, love a good egg, too. And at the same time, there are sort of niggling problems that just trouble me at the back of my mind. Shoot, brother, I'm, I'm ready to knock them down. It's an egg. I... It's a ball of light in the form of an egg. We'll move past that one. Uh, it was, you know, I, 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 it was in my head that this thing was a flying, you know, a, a, a UFO, a flying saucer of some kind. And then they described it as being, for the most part, almost always on the ground, driving after them at 200 miles an hour. Honking, honking <laughs> with sirens on top. Um so not not quite the kind of flying craft that I was anticipating. Sure. I mean, hey, all I'll say is it's pretty hard to drive by a fishing boat. That shit was in the air. Oh, For I, oh certainly at one point. Um, yeah. But as the principal investigator, what are you thinking about this one? Look, I think the, the easy and silly thing to do with this story is to 
uh, have a laugh, chuck it out immediately and say uh, there was no space egg. They came down and rattled the cages of this poor family. But then the, the, the problem with this case, or I guess the, what it has going for it, is that it actually, despite being kind of silly in content, there are a bunch of witnesses, witnesses who didn't know each other, who all claimed to see something that night, who claimed to have the same symptoms or experiences despite not knowing each other or having any contact with the other person. Uh, we have so many video interviews with the Knowles family. I mean, you saw those guys. Whenever we investigate someone who's going on TV to talk about a paranormal experience, we always have to weigh up whether or not they're trying to uh, sell a book or get some publicity or get some more camera time. Those people are not looking <laughs> They are at, not cut out for the world of media. They're not looking to kick off a lucrative TV career. They do not seem like they want to be there at all. So it does just seem like they just want to talk about the event. Barely, barely talk about it. Um, so even though it seems kind of silly, it seems like we're dealing with something that was pretty traumatic, at least for this family. And you know what? For that reason today, I'm giving the egg a yes. <laughs> so it is an egg. <laughs> so it's a f***ing egg. Because a minute ago you argued that it was a ball of light and you got angry at me for saying the word egg. The egg is just an easy way to kind of sum up the whole phenomenon and the whole thing. So it's a yes to the egg. Oh, I can't believe I'm giving it a yes. Well. We got a double yes God for the egg. Damn it. No, Everyone stop trying to me. man. Egg. Oh, egg. what have I egg. done? Egg. Oh, what have I done? I don't believe it. A double yes right here on the podcast, folks. Hey, that just goes to show you that it doesn't matter how ridiculous the case is, how little evidence you provide. If you're convincing enough, you can make anything a double yes. Sorry, there was <laughs> evidence, I'm pretty sure. Wasn't there? What did I just say yes to? Uh, I do think this was, like many UFO cases and paranormal cases, one that sort of hinges on, on the edge, but... Um, I think there's so many of these cases where we all know something happened. Something, uh, yeah. And so it really just comes down to the individual. In this case, the individuals are me and you behind the mics um, that we think it strays into the paranormal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, even taking this family as an example, you have four people in a car who experienced something. And even when they talk about that experience, they're pretty consistent with what happened, how it happened, and all of the different things that happened. It would be very, very strange for an entire family, mother and children, to for some reason decide, let's make up this story. And then it just turns out that it, a bunch of other people reported it that night. There's a too many flags going on here that would lead me to believe that something strange happened that night. And that's enough to say that it's paranormal. Well, well done. Uh, that was a, a great case um, and a fantastic topic and always a great excuse to get back to um, the motherland. Oh, Australia. Yeah. Australia, <laughs> which we did argue didn't exist for a while, but we were corrected legally because um, the courts made us. Yeah. And now we've also answered the age old question of what came first, the chicken or the egg, unless there is some sort of intergalactic mothership <laughs> shaped like a giant bird. Which there could be. It was the egg. The egg came first. Uh, thank you so much to Amy Grisdale for researching this week's episode. And Philip Shacklady for editing. Well, Rory, I don't know about you, but um, I've worked up a bit of an appetite um, because I know I talked a lot of smack about Australia and how all they've invented is breakfast, I think. 
maybe that is good enough because it's a pretty great meal and I, for one, have worked up an appetite. High protein, delicious. Um, there's a lot of worse things to be invaded by. You know, if it's just a bunch of eggs coming down, I'm kind of up for it. Get some sriracha on there, scramble them up, put them on toast. Well, we've made no secret here in the commune of their kind of significance here. Um, and <laughs> between you and me, the commune could do with a bit of an egg injection. <laughs> uh, so bring on the invasion as far as we're concerned. Let me. And the nice thing is, is eggs transcend the breakfasts of every culture. You know? I don't think they do. English breakfast. Okay. Egg. American breakfast. Egg. Which is kind of a spin-off of English breakfast. You want to have like a nice kind of uh, European fresh <laughs> continental breakfast. Sure. There's an egg involved. Usually it's just hard boiled and in a weird little cup, but there's still an egg involved. Uh, eggs are breakfast food. So it, it really unites us, the world. We all love eggs. Not me, I don't eat them. But, That's true. Uh, <laughs> but still, uh, you're right. Uh, I would I would rather not be invaded by lobsters right because they might be big and you know everyone knows that the only reason we're chilling here on earth and on land is because lobsters aren't bigger than they already are right yeah lobsters and crabs if they were 40 60 feet long we'd be in trouble you got to be careful about lobsters and fish all right because at one point humans were fish and we were like, we're going to go up onto land. We're going to grow arms and, and uh, tails and monkey yeah. dicks and all this stuff. We're going to become full little creatures. And some of those motherfuckers in the ocean were like, no, go ahead. We'll catch up to you guys. And we're like, are you sure there's like fruit and shit and grass and shit up here? You want to come up? And they're like, no, no, you guys, why don't you guys go ahead? You have a good time on the earth. We're going we're gonna to hang back here. And they're kind of like laughing to themselves. And like, we just left them there because we don't know what's going on. But now time's going on and... Shit's looking pretty good under the sea. <laughs> Above ground, I don't know if you've looked around recently, but uh, I wish I stayed underwater. Sentience was a mistake. I wish I was a shrimp. Right, because under the sea, there is no Twitter.com, no Rishi Sunak, no Donald Trump. Yeah. Uh, there is there is no conservatism. There is no uh, ecological... Well, there is ecological destruction. But yeah. um, you at least have a smooth brain and you just eat bugs all day long, I think. That's it glide through the water if you get eaten by a shark you're dead you don't even know what a shark was your brain's that small yeah and that's a pretty yeah that's a pretty blissful way to that be. sounds incredible honestly so uh if those guys ever do come up on land we're losing that <laughs> yeah. fight if you guys will have us back we'll we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll come how long does evolution take 100 million years something like that and de-evolution yeah, a weekend, I think. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah, could yeah. just... You're like, I could just hit you really hard on the head with a rock and you set you back a couple million the IQ years. IQ of a fish, yeah. <laughs> I could turn you into a Neanderthal <laughs> if I hit you hard enough with this, with this metal plate. Uh, thank you so much, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. Kit, what happens if people want more of the podcast and they can't get it? They can go f*** themselves. <laughs> no, 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 no. If they want, Fight like... Me fight me this if, isn't enough for you we're if, not enough for you that's bullshit because we've been doing this every week for years are you sure they don't that's ha- crazy are you sure there's nothing else you're we crazy could offer you're them? a crazy person how about this all right i all shouldn't right. have asked touch grass why do i always ask him touch grass one episode a week of this part of my life isn't enough for you get a friggin life the patreon the patreon uh, yeah well sure yeah yeah whatever, well you can get obviously. weekly bonus episodes you know, additional that goes, content that goes um, you can get a, a bunch of cool stuff over there. And if that's not enough for you, all right, I'll kick 
your ass. Yourself. I'll yeah. kick your ass. <laughs> Uh, go check it out. There's a bunch of really cool stuff over on patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life. Uh, we got a ton of really cool rewards over there. And if, if hearing us isn't enough and you want to see us, you can head on over to YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, where we post videos and your favorite clips from the podcast every single week. So check it out. You're going to want to see it. If you want more content, that is patreon.com forward slash get a f***ing life no no we're so close to the end hashtag touch grass uh i think kit's just a little bitter about the whole double yes to the egg situation (laughs) i'm a bit pissed about it all i feel like we've had a good stretches of yeses recently (laughs) we have i think we've just hit a nice cruising altitude of the amount of kind of traumatic brain injuries that we just we're less picky and i think we just sign off on a few more yeses yeah we, we're basically, we've been doing this long enough that we're basically two computers infested with so many viruses uh, that we're just, we're just downloading any file and hitting play. I'm like, oh, what's this one? In the end by linkinpark.exe. <laughs> Sounds good. I'll play it. Oh, you have to run an installer for me to listen to this file? Full access. Go ahead. My brain is just glitching out. Every episode of this podcast is basically us downloading a dangerous file into your ears, pushing out valuable information that you've learned throughout your life. Happygilmore.exe and the file size is 100 kilobytes? I love that movie. Play. Why is the icon a little skull? I guess he was killing it on the course. All right, play. As I said, if you head on over to patreon.com forward slash this paranormal life, you can get a bunch of amazing rewards, such as shout outs at the end of the podcast. So, special thank you to Nick Lewin. Nikki, my friend. Uh, let me ask you a quick question, Nikki. How fast can your car go? Uh, I need a driver, but they need to be able to go uh, as fast as checks notes 200 kilometers an hour because uh, Jesus. me and Rory are planning a road trip to uh, southern Australia mm. and we've got a tip off that we're gonna need to be ideally now that I think about it they didn't get away at 200 kilometers an hour so we're gonna need 201 2010 yeah or 210 something like that we're not talking about McDonald's here we're talking about a place where breakfast is served at 245 a.m at 200 miles per hour <laughs> I know I know I know our friends over at McDonald's are fast but they ain't that fast Thanks lastly today to Sour Patch Franco. <laughs> God damn, one of the Sour Patch kids grew up. Whoa. They're grown now. He's a Sour they're Patch man. Fra- they're called Franco. <laughs> That's incredible. Well, hey, I hope uh, the whole family's doing good. I think I ate a couple of them, which I apologize for. Again, a giant Sour Patch kid, maybe one of the most terrifying foods you could be abducted by. It's probably up there. It, it is true, but um, as you said, Rory, uh, up here on Earth, up here on land, uh, it's tough out there, and the Sour Patch community have been devastated. So, shout out to all our Sour Patch brethren, uh, Franco. Hope you're doing well out there, and hope the family are doing well. Yeah, thank you for tuning into the podcast. Thank you everyone for tuning into the podcast. A wild one today, a wild ride, but uh, hey, a double yes to end it, and that's what we love to see. And there will be plenty more double yeses to come. You will hear possibly another one or another two on next week's episode. That's coming out next Tuesday. Jesus. I mean, we know what that next episode is. We haven't recorded it yet, but holy shit. It's going to be a a TPL spectacular. You're going to want to not miss it. It's going to be beefy. So 
check it out. And until then, folks, remember to check out the video clips we're posting every single week. We love you, and we will see you on Tuesday for our next investigation. Bye-bye! Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out for a chance to win the French Open title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV, live in HD. Don't miss a moment with daily live coverage and match replays on demand, beginning Monday, May 20th. Be there for all the unforgettable moments. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus.